Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Toy Photographers Podcast, the official podcast of toyphotographers.com. My name is James Garcia, and I'm really excited about this week's show because I have a returning guest, probably the guest with the coolest last name, Dave DeBearmaker. Dave, welcome back to the show. Hey, thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, uh, you and I talked about doing this episode last year sometime whenever we recorded your interview. Uh, we're going to be discussing today Lego versus action figures, the various pros and cons of shooting with either one of those or both of those, our history with doing all that. So I'm really excited to dive into that stuff. Yeah, the uh, the differences are, uh, are fun to explore um, and shooting them can be t- uh, different takes on things. Uh, so it, it should be a good conversation. Yeah. Uh, let's start with just discussing our history with each. I believe you started primarily shooting Lego. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. Uh, it's been, I think my first Lego shot was in 2012 and it was uh, for a, uh, uh, an online photo scavenger hunt. Um, it was a couple uh stormtroopers uh, chopping down a forest, quote unquote, of um, uh, candy canes because uh, it was Christmas mm-hmm. time. Um, and I was shooting Lego pretty much solid. I didn't uh, since then, I think I don't think I shot my first action figure until last year's Toy Safari, uh, hmm. which was uh, May 31st, Memorial Day weekend in the U.S. Uh, of last year. Um, and ever since then, I just kind of switched, and I'm now shooting primarily um, action figures. Um, how about yourself? What is your history on this? Yeah, uh, very similar. I took my first a toy photo Lego shot in October of 2013, so just a little bit after you. And yeah, primarily shot Lego for, you know, five years after that. Um, Lego was the reason I got into toy photography, you know, discovering people's Lego work uh, on, on Instagram and stuff like that. And uh, so that was that was just where my mind went immediately was was thinking of Lego in those terms. And then around the Toy Safari last year, probably a little bit before, like a month or two before I had started shooting action figures you know my first one was a k2so black series six inch figure amazing figure and um, i had always liked that kind of photography but never felt it was in my wheelhouse and uh finally decided to give it a try and and like you just have pretty much switched from one to the other and and lately i've been i've been kind of going back and forth between the two which i definitely want to talk about because there are definitely some um pros and cons with doing that you know right but yeah i think it's funny that you and i both kind of started with lego and then have changed our focus a little bit why do you think that is at least for you why why are you primarily doing action figure stuff now uh for me i think it's that action figures have more of a realism to them uh my style tends to be a bit kind of grittier and more realistic like i try to go for like a harder edge to it um, and it's really mm-hmm. hard to get that from Lego because uh, Lego is very wholesome by design. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, and that's I mean, that's great. That's not a slight on Lego. Uh, Lego is fantastic. Uh, but it is designed to be wholesome. Even their bad characters um, still look f- friendly. Um, and sometimes right. it doesn't quite go with the mood I'm in when I want to shoot. And then uh, that and it, sometimes it's just easier to shoot because of the size. I don't necessarily need a macro lens to shoot a, a six inch or 12 inch figure where I pretty much do to shoot a Lego shot so it's 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 a kind of combination of those two that makes sense i've never shot anything i guess except for like the mondo iron giant which is i guess like 13 inches or something like that i've never really shot bigger toys than than around the six inch range one of the things i definitely want to talk about is transitioning from one to the other and the difference of shooting something like lego and then shooting something like an action figure because when i started kind of bouncing back and forth it the difference in scale really got to me and and really kind of made me rethink the way i was shooting and the setups i was doing and 
you know, I would have this light box on my table with my Lego setups and it was really easy to, to throw stuff in there. And then once I started doing bigger action figures, I realized, oh, I need to have a bigger space and, and back up a little bit or change my lens. Are there any certain like difficulties or, or things that you've noticed shooting one and then the other and, and going back and forth? There are several. I think the the biggest difference, I think, between shooting Lego and shooting action figures, like you said, is the distance between the lens and the figure. It takes more space, obviously, to have a six-inch or a 12-inch figure than it does a, a little, you know, what inch and a half is what a Lego is, I believe. Um, so mm-hmm. it's just it's just space, which has a number of things. One is lights. You can get away with smaller lights with Lego, but there's also less space between the lens and the figure to introduce those lights, especially if you're if you if you're kind of shooting from like the outside in. It's not that it's not that bad, but if you want to introduce light within the scene, like I often like to shoot uh, figures. They're holding a newspaper. They're holding a book, and I like to put a light between the book and the figure's face, so it's kind of lighting up. Uh, but, uh, the the whatever they're holding um, is kind of illuminating their face, um, and that's re- that's really hard to do with Lego because you only got a couple millimeters to stick in there. Whereas a six-inch right. figure, you can fit a whole loom cube in there, so which is if, uh, what two inches square. Uh, so those things can be different. And then things like uh, working with practical effects, like throwing in smoke or throwing in uh, flour for for snow. Or um, the one thing I noticed is the um, aerosol, the uh, aerosol in the can stuff. Yeah, atmosphere aerosol. That's the stuff. If you get the lens too close to your figure, that stuff actually coats the lens, and it becomes it's a bit of a pain to get off. So if you're trying to shoot real close. Um, you have that dynamic where if you're if you're shooting a larger figure and you have your camera far back, the risk of your practical effects splashing on your lens becomes a lot less. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I've been doing a lot of shooting lately with practical effects and, and like dirt flying around and stuff like that. And it is nice to, to back up, you know, a few feet away from my scene and, and really be able to, to make all of those messes and not worry about dust and flour and dirt and stuff getting into my lens. And that was something that happened at the Toy Photo Safari last year because I wasn't really used to that or, or trained yet in doing that kind of stuff. And I got a lot of sand in my lens, yeah. you know. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely see that as a, as a difference as well. Atmosphere aerosol as well leaves like a little residue, which you can really see on a Lego figure, especially if you are really close up, whereas something like a six inch figure it's it's harder to tell because you are farther away and not so focus on those smaller details exactly dust becomes less of a factor with uh figures it's still a it's still a factor with the six inch figures but it's not as much just because a speck of dust is only what one twelfth human size whereas a speck of dust on a, a lego is one forty eighth roughly right uh, so it's just it just shows up much bigger on a lego figure than it does on a action figure yeah and, and i don't notice as many you know those like little tiny hairs you see on a lego figure yeah, or yeah. even like how reflective lego is and stuff like that which which i guess can segue us into the the pros and cons of each um sh- let's start with lego because we both started there and have the most experience with that what are some of the the, the reasons that you started shooting lego i guess first of all were you into lego as a kid growing up or what, what's your history with lego for people People that may have missed your interview episode. Yeah, I was a huge Lego geek when I was a kid. Um, I didn't have a lot of sets, uh, but I did have a fair. I had enough to build kind of whatever I wanted. I didn't. I wasn't a huge collector, um, basically because, you know, um, after after a while, your parents stopped giving you Lego sets, and you feel weird about asking right. for them. Uh, but I had I had <laughs> I had more than enough to uh, satisfy my imagination. I was playing with Legos secretly in my basement. Um, that was my uh, my vice as a teenager instead of drugs or girls um, was Lego till. Uh, all through high school, 
Um, it really wasn't until I had to pack up all my stuff and move away for college that it kind of hmm. went in a box and I didn't see it again. But I kept it because I knew eventually I would have children and I figure it's an easy way. You know, I probably had like a thousand dollars worth of Lego. May as well give it to the kids. Um, right. me <laughs> having to spend it all. Um, so I kept it and then I brought it out simply because I had it for that, for that initial shot. And then I just went with it because it kind of it's I think it stoked that childhood appreciation I had with it um, because of my my childhood appreciation went into almost adulthood. So I really had a fondness for it um, and more of not just the childhood fantasy, but more of a um, I used to build a lot of like real world models hmm. out of them. I used to actually I used one of them in my drafting class as a model for drawing. I was a monster truck um, and I used that. I built a monster truck out of Lego with working suspension and everything and then used that as a model to draw a 3D object in drafting. Uh, and that was in oh, 12. Nice. Um, so I kind of had more of a, I think, appreciation for it. Um, and it just it was just was a natural fit. And once you had a bit, it's easy just to grow the collection just a little bit more then a little bit more and eventually you have this huge collection and you're kind of really invested in that world. But I think that's why I... I started with Lego and then continue with it for so long. Right. That makes sense. I was very similar in the fact that I Lego was like my jam as a kid. You know, I just I had so many Lego sets and and I had a lot of uh, sets like Star Wars and stuff like that, but not, none of like the really big ones. You know, um, I didn't really have a lot of ships and, and structures and things like that. I had a lot of little sets and then just a lot of bricks. You know, I just I remember having these bins of bricks and I would sort them all the time. And I used to dump them out on my bed, actually, and then sort them out. And then I go to bed later that night and there'd be lego pieces in the bed (laughs) you know (laughs) and uh i was you know super into lego for all of my childhood and then once i started getting into that middle school high school range i started becoming too cool for that kind of stuff and started doing other things and i was always into action figures as well like star wars figures and stuff but but lego was always like my favorite toy you know right yeah i had gi joe's as a kid as well but they never survived the packing up um of of, uh, things uh, that the lego did so that's um, which I kind of regret because I, I wouldn't have mind shot shooting some of that old old uh, G.I. Joe stuff, but it's gone now, so it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, when I you know packed up all of my stuff, my, my mom kept it all in the basement. And um, at one point when I started shooting Lego a few years ago, I, I called her up and I was like, hey, do you still have all that old stuff? And luckily she did, and I got all my old Lego back and... Um, I left all the action figures and stuff there, though. I keep meaning to, like, go back to her house and, and get all that stuff. So it's just funny that when I started shooting it, action figures weren't even in my mind at all. You know, it didn't occur to me to grab those because I was just interested in the Lego. And, and one of my favorite things about Lego is the fact that it is just infinite and that it is so easy to amass your collection and grow your collection and mix and match pieces and parts that are easily swappable, especially accessories. You can create your own characters. That's something that I think really appealed to me about Lego was just the limitless imagination that can come with Lego. Right. Yeah. The uh, the accessories are the really big thing with, I find with Lego is you can take an accessory from a town set and you know it'll work with your Star Wars set or take right. you take medieval stuff and mix it up. It, does, it just becomes this one massive thing that you know is going to work between all the different figures, which you don't really have with the action figures, which actually the thing I dislike about action figures is I, can, I don't have that guarantee that everything's going to be at the right scale to work across it. And Lego has that. It's just a it's just a great way to 
expand your imagination into unique areas because you don't have to worry about will it work because you know it will. So it's just a matter of right. is your idea good uh, and do you execute it well. But you know the you know the props are going to do what you think the props are going to do. At least you know they're going to yes. connect together. And the stuff that we had as kids, you know, I still I shoot with the stormtrooper minifigures I had when I was a kid, you know, because they just they work with the current stuff. Yeah. Maybe Lego is just a good starter pack for toy photographers just because of that versatility of it yeah it's also cheaper i mean a lot of sometimes it doesn't seem cheaper because a lot of minifigures you get with sets so you're paying for the whole set but if you go to uh like those uh the uh, series that they have every once in a while oh like the blind bags those are the ones um those are only like four bucks us Mm -hmm. um and if you go to sites like uh, bricklink you can get pretty much any figure you want and they range in price depending on popularity, but you can get a good minifigure for a dollar or two, um, and they range up to the most expensive ones, like a hundred bucks for the really rare ones. But odds are you can get what you want for less than ten bucks uh, delivered to your door, which you, that's just half price of like uh, the cheapest Marvel like Legends or Black Series stuff. Uh, and then right. you know it's going to work with everything you got. Uh, and then while you're there, you can also pick up all the weird accessories that you want. So it's uh, it's 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 easier to get into without having to risk a lot of your um, uh, allowance, I guess, is the it's it's easier in your wallet. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and and I just love too that if you don't have the money for a set or don't have a particular set you want or something like that, you can build it yourself. You know, you have the the capabilities and the pieces. Like just last night, I was uh, I I created this um, character, this Lego minifigure character, who's like a, a skeleton inside the Benny spacesuit, and I put all these pirate pieces on him, so he's like a space pirate. And I really want to do a whole series with him, and so I built this. I had this these like classic pirate sets from when I was a kid. Right. So I had this like body of a pirate ship and I thought, "Ooh, I can build like a classic space pirate ship, you know, and it's a set that doesn't exist, but I was just able to like Google some reference images of what classic space sets look like, go through all my gray and blue pieces and, and put something cool together. Whereas if I was doing something with action figures, that's just impossible. You know, unless I guess you're one of those people who makes those amazing dioramas or, or something like that. But it's just the fact that you you can build something if you don't have something it, with Lego is just an amazing benefit, I think. Yeah, um, that's a, I am really poor with my hand-eye coordination. I'm not going to build a really quality diorama with my hands. I just don't have the manual dexterity <laughs> for it. It's not going to happen. But with Lego, I can build anything I want to, like you, like you said. So you can, build, you can build your own world, including your backgrounds, which is, I think, the hardest part of any photography is not so much getting your subject, it's finding a place to put your subject, placing them in a world. And if you don't have a world outside where it fits, you can build your own inside and it, it all just works. So that, that, that's, I mean, that's what Lego's great at is building worlds for your imagination. Um, and so it all just fits together and it's wonderful. Yeah. And, and even if you're mixing things that aren't, you know, Lego, like, uh, you know, I use a lot of different sand and, and, um, you know, little plants and stuff like that to create more organic looking scenes or natural looking scenes for Lego. Or, you know, obviously you can go outside and find that stuff yourself, even though I've, I've had hit and miss, you know, successes with, with shooting Lego outdoors. Yeah. Of course, the downside with the Lego is the scale. If you go outside or you use uh, sand, those granules of sand are much bigger in comparison to uh, large scales. So they become granules. Right. I noticed really this with uh, snow. Um, if you put a, a Lego figure out in actual real snow, the flakes of snow are so large that it looks fake, even though it's real snow. The two just don't go together very well. Um, so that's the downside, I think, with Lego is it's – on one hand, Lego is never really truly scaled with the world anyways. So there's a more room, wiggle room of it's being in, a, in or out of scale. But it's it's very – 
hard to get it close enough where it's plausible. Like if you go outside and grab a branch to be a tree, you really have to be very, very picky about the size of that branch and what it's going to look like. Um, so it kind of fits in with the, the scale of the figures. Yeah, absolutely. Unless, of course, you're doing something where you're mixing uh, real life objects with Lego right. to, to show the different sizes and really place, you know, Lego minifigures in a real world right. with, you know, like I've done that with food and, and stuff like that. Yeah. In my experience, though, because Lego is everyone knows that Lego is small and not to scale or anything else in the world that it's, I find the shots where you're mixing real world scale things with your minifigs, uh, like they're operating in our world, like kind of stuff. Those shots tend to work out better because you're not naturally trying to, your mind's not going, Oh, this is kind of a realistic looking minifigure and an unrealistic scale thing. It's like, it's a, obviously a cute little thing that's supposed to be small fitting into a, a world that is our size. Um, so it, right. it, it, it just, it just intuitively makes more sense. And I find those pictures to be much more charming than if they use, try to look things that are meant to look realistic at scale um, and trying to mix different differentiate the scales this doesn't work it's not quite as smooth mentally and especially too just the the lego design and the design of a lego minifigure and how you know plastic they look and how reflective they are and and how just the lego shape doesn't look like a, a human being or anything right, right. so if you're really trying to force that realism it can be very difficult with something that doesn't look realistic and is so iconically designed to to be its own its own thing you know exactly of course the other thing with lego is it's small so you can pack a lot of it really easily yes um you can fit in your pocket i i had a unfortunately it broke because i stepped on my bag in the wrong spot but i had a little indie uh indiana jones minifigure that i kept in my any camera bag that i've had and it's gone with me everywhere and it's so small that you just don't even notice it um it just gets it just mm -hmm. sits where the uh where my extra memory cards are and it doesn't take up any space you never notice it's there but when you're out and about and you realize hey wait i want to shoot something then you always have that toy there yep. and so it's it's very convenient from a traveling perspective it, it literally takes up no space and which is nice too like if you're going to a toy safari or something you can pack a lot of lego in a pretty compact space you know you just get like a bead case or a little tupperware or something like that and you can pretty much fill a container with a bunch of lego and have a lot of things to shoot whereas an action figure uh, just the bigger scale it's harder to fit you know a bunch of stormtroopers in your bag or something like that exactly. oh you have a note here i really like actually the characters um, that are supposed to be different sizes are not when they're Lego. Something I never really thought about, but you you made a great comparison with like Ewoks and, and Chewie and and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. The uh, every all Lego is there's only like really two sizes to Lego. There's the the minifig that has the little legs that bend, and the the uh, Lego that's supposed to look like shorter people that have little legs that don't. And the difference between them is very very small. Um, so there you don't get the the gradation of height. Uh, so, like, uh, in real life, there's probably, like, three Ewoks to a Chewie if you stacked them up. Uh, but <laughs> in Lego, it's only, you know, very small amount. Uh, so, it's – the realism in height is – it actually really annoys me in some respects, especially with characters like Chewie that are monumentally taller or, or like, the Groot character. It's it's, mon it's, yes. it's supposed to be way taller, um, and that's part of his look and his uh, the feel. When you think of Chewie, you think of towering figure, and you just don't get that in the when you line up Chewie and Han or Chewie and Leia or Chewie and Ewoks. It just doesn't work as well. Um, so that that is part of the downside. Yeah, and then that way you have to either you know shoot around that like uh you know shoot a little close up and put you know a, a brick under chewy's feet or something to make him look taller yeah. or something like that or what i tend to do is just not mix those characters very much i, f I find that when i am shooting lego i usually 
have characters that are supposed to be around the same size or I'll only shoot like one or two characters in a scene just because of those size differences and also just you know how reflective they are and how tricky it can be when you've got so many shiny plastic pieces in one scene yeah exactly and also with characters like Chewie the way they're built their heads are like they don't move like it's one solid mm-hmm. piece so you can't get the sideways glance because one of the one of the downsides with Lego is the points of articulation. Yes. There are what I thought was seven, but there's actually eight. The uh, the head moves, the shoulders move, the wrists move, and the legs move on some of the characters. And you can actually get a lot of pose out of that if the, all those things move. You can actually make them very dynamic looking uh, if you get the right angles and the right uh, pose. Uh, but uh, the other thing that I, I thought of just before this is that there's an eighth piece of articulation, which is the hair pieces. Yes. And the hair pieces, <laughs> the hair pieces, I think by far have been the things that have ruined my shot the most when it comes to posing, hmm. because they move. They, they're obviously removable and they they swivel. Um, and if you, it's very easy to swivel them while you're placing a figure. So when when you thought the hair was square, um, and then you stick it down, it bends a bit, and then it's no longer square, and it ruins your shot because it no longer looks proper. So. Yeah, that, that's you gotta you gotta really keep the hair in mind, and it's very, it's one of the things I never think of uh, when I'm placing. I think of the hands, and I think of the legs, and I think of the the turn of the the head, but I almost never think of does the hair look good because most of the time people don't think of is your hair straight. Um, right. Yeah, it's it's just not <laughs> something to think of. So that's uh, that's the other thing. On the other hand, you can swap out the hair for most figures for anything you want. So yeah, that, you still have that flexibility. But some figures you just don't have that. You can't turn Chewie's head, and that's that just makes it less flexible when you're trying to set up shots. And just the limited articulation in general can be difficult. Like, I've always been kind of frustrated by anytime I've tried shooting, like, a, a Spider-Man minifigure, for, for instance. Spider-Man is known for these amazing poses, and it's just almost impossible, I guess, to get those in a Lego minifigure. You could by, you know, removing arms and legs and... Yeah. and sticky tacking them in different positions and and stuff like that but that can be frustrating it can be difficult it can not look very good it can be hard to to edit out the sticky tack or or however you do it to execute although i I would say that the lego movies that have come out i think have made the idea of having an arm kind of unnaturally attached more acceptable because that's how they do that's how they do it in the movie um, which I'm thankful for. The the uh, the movies um, don't do the oh the legs actually do bend in our world. The minifigures and the Lego bends the way they would if you had them in front of you. Um, except that right. except the uh, when you take an arm off its socket and hang it there, it stays there uh, magically. But uh, it it just made it more it makes it more acceptable. Because I remember a few years ago before the Lego movie came out, and people would do something like that, and it'd be like, well, that's just wrong and cheating. And now it's like, oh, that was a clever use of that. Um, so at, at what you expect to a Lego to look like has morphed because of that, those movies. And it, it's made the uh, options for doing photography that is acceptable in the general sense of the, uh, I guess, the general public expectations of what it will look like. is they, It's just greater in that respect. I, I recall hearing an interview with the guys who did the Lego movie, and they tried really hard to make sure that any scene that they show was actually possible to build using bricks you can buy. Um, mm. I think there were only a couple scenes where that was not true. But for the vast majority of them, with you know, you need a lot of skill and the right bricks to actually pull it off, right. uh, and a lot of the right lighting. But you could assemble your bricks to look the same as it was on screen, uh, which is kind of awesome, actually. Oh yeah, yeah. And something I really appreciate that they that they put that amount of time and care into that, and and something that makes watching those movies more fun um just re-watching them and paying attention to all of those background details yeah. and the and the ways that they've built these 
big massive cities or landscapes or even like how the ocean would be made of bricks and stuff like that it's it's really clever and makes the movies more fun to watch yeah absolutely Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about action figures. I guess let's start with why did you start shooting action figures at that Toy Safari last year? The reason behind it was mainly because I knew I wanted to do something different. I've done Lego. I didn't feel that there was a lot for me to learn from my peers about Lego because I did it for so long. I mean, tips and tricks here and there, but it wouldn't be like a a total mind changer. It was it would have been a tweak. Um, so I. Uh, I figured there were a lot of people there who are going to do action figures. I kind of always wanted to do action figures, but I had uh, reservations about which figures do you buy? Um, how do you pose them? What are the tricks to posing them? You know, all those things. And they're ex- they're more expensive, so I didn't want to, like, try to jump in. And I don't mind spending money, but I like to know what I'm spending my money on, and I just wasn't sure in that mm. world. Uh, so I figured if I was going, it's worth the 20 bucks to drop on a figure, to have a figure, and then while I'm there, I can ask all these people, how do I do this? Um, and so that's kind of why the Toy Safari, I I almost shoot exclusively uh, action figures, either both my the ones that I brought um, and uh, borrowed a whole bunch from uh, other attendees. I, I, did, I did a similar thing where, um, it's funny, when I went to the Toy Safari, I packed a lot of Lego and I packed you know some action figures that I thought would be good for those settings. And then on the first day, I, I lugged all of my Lego down to the beach and didn't shoot any of it. I started shooting action figures just because I, as I was becoming more confident as a photographer and wanted to tell more complicated stories or try more complicated you know, effects or setups and stuff like that, Lego was just too limiting. And so playing with action figures and getting that photorealism and, and the, you know, the really good articulation and, and detail on the, the sculpts on the figures and stuff like that really appealed to me. Uh, what was the first figure that you actually like started shooting? The very first action figure I shot um, was uh, Gandalf the Grey from Lord of the Rings. And I bought the character because I like Gandalf anyway. So I figured worst comes to worst, I'll look it on my shelf. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, actually a long, long time ago, I bought a... Uh, Terminator, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as uh, the Terminator from T2. Um, so I had him on a, on a shelf, so I brought him along. He was I shot him a couple of, I find him hard to shoot. I don't know why. I think it's just more I'm not into that Terminator world, so I don't think of Terminator. Um, I find it's much easier to shoot things when I'm kind of immersed in whatever universe is there. So I tend to shoot a lot of Marvel and Star Wars because that's that's the movies that I get, so you get visual. Right. Um, but so it was him, but it was Gandalf, and I had a Black Series sand person from uh, – Star Wars 4 um, that I bought mainly because I liked the fact that he had a lot of one he was a different character he wasn't a mainstream character and I knew it was going to be at a beach so there'd be lots of sand so he fit in there and um, he had actual cloth for his robes and I thought that was in a kind of an interesting change of uh, it might be interesting to factor that into things so those are the those are the three figures that I brought to the safari uh, and the Gandalf was the first one that I shot yeah I remember that your Gandalf shot with him uh and you had that really cool dramatic light coming in. And, and I remember that shot from the, the safari yeah, last year. It was really yeah, cool. Yeah, that was shot on the first night right after our potluck dinner. We went down to the beach mm-hmm. and I set him up in the sunset and it worked out really well. Yeah. What was your first? first? Uh, my first figure I, I bought was a K2SO. And I didn't really shoot him very much. Just, you know, I was I got him when I was still really heavily into the Lego stuff and hadn't built up my skills as a photographer very much. So I bought him more just because I love the character and wanted him on my desk, you know, right. and uh, didn't shoot him for very long. And then, uh, as I said, I was as I was getting more confident and the, the safari was coming up, I thought, okay, maybe now's the time to finally start digging into action figures and start doing this. And 
and looking at the the Black Series figures, that that's where I wanted to start, just because Star Wars has always been my favorite property, and, and I love those characters. And looking at those figures, at first I was like, well, I just want to get droids or troopers or aliens. You know, I, I don't want the, the humans because the sculpts on them aren't super realistic, and, and that didn't last very long. <laughs> where, you know, I, I bought a Stormtrooper and immediately fell in love with that and brought that to the Safari and mostly shot the, the trooper while I was there. But ever since then, my collection has just grown steadily. And now I've got, you know, a bunch of human characters because especially because they have upgraded a lot of their sculpt technology and stuff like that. So the figures now actually do look pretty realistic. So, yeah, it was it started out with droids and, and troopers and then immediately started just spiraling into, into bigger things. Yeah, I actually you're not the first person to say the first kind of toy was the K2SO. I know a couple of people. Some were not really toy photographers. One Well, one guy shoot. Um, he shoots uh, like Hot Wheels cars. Um, he does a mm. really fantastic job of it. And then uh, he's following me. He, he's a he's a fellow uh, photographer scavenger. So we've been photography friends for years. Um, and he, uh, so uh, we're friends on Facebook. And he was following my action figures. He said, "I want to give that a try." And he also went to the store and bought a K2SO. Um, so I think K2SO is a good gateway drug between uh, Lego and action figures, partly because yeah, it doesn't have as many points of articulation, and he's very well um, constructed. Uh, but he doesn't have a face to be unrealistic because um, faces are hard. And there's the, right. the uncanny valley of the closer you get to a face but are not wrong, the more it looks bad. To it. Like it's just a yes. mental thing. <laughs> um, it's it's easier for believability if the face looks completely different. It's obviously a caricature of a, the, the real person instead of trying to be the same but failing. Um, it's um, So the K2SO, I think, if you're if you're a Lego person to say, I should try – I want to try action figures. It's not a bad way to go uh, for those reasons. It kind of fills in the gaps. Uh, but the the quality of the head sculpts are just amazing these days. I have a uh, Tony Stark uh, Iron Man suit from uh, uh, from Hot Toys, uh, and it's, it it comes with a Iron Man helmet. It also comes with a Tony Stark head, and the Tony Stark head is scarily realistic. Um, <laughs> like it's 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 really well done. And I have a uh, Deadpool too because I'm, I'm I'm if anybody follows me. Huge Deadpool fan, strictly because of the movies. I didn't know who he was until the movie came out. But I, I love Deadpool. He's, he strikes my muse more than anything else, um, which I'm not sure what that says about me as a person, but he does. Um, <laughs> but I have one. For, I have a Hot Toys action figure of Deadpool from the Deadpool 2 movie. And when you put him in front of your lens, it's like having Ryan Reynolds in your studio. <laughs> it's that good. Um, and it, it just makes shooting, when you want to shoot something that's realistic, it's very easy because it, it is hyper realistic and the cheaper, the cheaper action figures aren't quite as realistic. Um, but they're still good enough that you can put in those. Um, it, it's much more, um, true to form than, uh, Lego is in those respects. I've, I've always been, uh, a little scared to dip my toe into the hot toys world. It's an expensive world. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's way more expensive than something like a, a black series figure. That's only 20 bucks. You know, I know that I would just fall in love with some of those figures that I want. And <laughs> that's a, that's a rabbit hole. I can't afford to get into <laughs> anytime soon. And I think too, just the, another difference in scale, you know, just having to, to back up even further than I already am for my black series figures and, and shoot something that's 12 inches instead of six would, would just be kind of difficult. And I guess that's something that I've noticed just as I've 
kind of been shooting back and forth Lego and action figure, that that scale change can be can be kind of jarring and I'll, I'll get used to a certain setup. And then the second that I switch over to something else, I have to remember, oh, I got to switch my camera settings and my lens. Yeah, it can be hard sometimes to to adjust. It's hard to mix universes as well, um, like the Black Series and the Marvel Legends which are actually both, if, you're, if, if people are looking for getting into action figure photography, one of those two lines are really good lines to get into because they're very realistic and they have good articulation. Um, but they're, they're $20 each in that range of prices. But they also, they're the same height. So you can realistically put a Iron Man and a Stormtrooper in the same scene and you don't have to do any uh, tricks of uh, scale to make them look correct. Uh, but sometimes if you go outside of that, like for example, I bought the... Um, uh, NECA had some uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, they, that were out last year, and I missed it, so I had to buy them on it on Amazon for way too much money. But I did because of the turtles. But they're seven-inch scale instead of six-inch scale, so they're, the turtles are actually close to the same height as like what Iron Man or a Stormtrooper would be. But in you know quote unquote real life, if you actually put them together as the characters are drawn, the turtles are much shorter, so they don't match scale. It's it's very much harder to mix and match those, which is by far, I think, uh, and we've we beat this to death, I think, in the this podcast so far, is that the <laughs> the differences in scale of the action figures are one definitely one of the downsides. If you're especially if you're in the mixing of universes world, if you're not, if you're like I'm only going to shoot one or two characters, and you're going to buy the same those two characters from the same toy company, then it works out mm-hmm. just fine because these turtles are actually amazingly realistic. Um, and they were only like twenty, thirty dollars when they came out originally. They're much more in the uh, secondary market, but they're still the same price as the the legend stuff if you buy them new, uh, new off the shelf. And mm-hmm. the quality is amazing. You just can't mix the two, which without right. doing tricks or compositing or or uh, other more advanced uh, photography features. But if you just want to stick two in front of a camera, add a light, and take a shot, it's not going to work out nearly as well. And and it's something that just the the amount of action figures out there too. What, what's nice about Lego is there's one company, right? It's just Lego. Yeah. And I feel like it's easy if you if there's a particular Lego set you want, unless it's an older set, obviously, and it's on the aftermarket, to find a Lego set that you want is pretty simple. You just you can probably just go to the Lego store online and, and they'll probably have it. And if they don't, your local Target probably has it or something like that. I feel like Lego is pretty easy to get a hold of. Whereas with action figures, it's just this confusing web of in-store exclusives and they're not online and depending on where you live the stores near you might be really terrible at getting inventory in there there are stores next to me that are still carrying star wars figures from the rogue one movie like two or three years ago and they're just called peg warmers you know in the community they're just taking up space you know of of new figures that i want and and those things aren't on amazon all the time or whatever that is the case so it, it can be really frustrating to hunt down exactly what you want and also i just remember being intimidated getting into action figures just because there are so many different toy brands and scales and a difference in scale one or two inches in something can really mess you up but even just the difference in sculpts from one company to another, uh, the quality that you might get from one to another is hard to tell. How are the joints going to be as far as the articulation and stuff like that? I feel like it can be really hard to kind of sort through all of that stuff unless you know exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, and it's hard to get that information. Um, Like if you look online for for figures and you don't get, you don't, like a lot of Amazon stuff doesn't say, oh, it has 30 points of articulation and and these are the things that move and these are the things that, and how much do they move? I mean, technically, you know, if your hand moves like a quarter of a rotation, 
that's our point of articulation. But if you're thinking, oh, the pose I want is going to require it to move all the way around, then it's not going to do the thing you do. So it's kind of right. kind of hard. One thing one thing I have to, uh, started to do with uh, action figures, especially on lines that I don't I'm not familiar with. There's YouTube videos that where people all unbox them and do reviews of figures. I think one the one I, I kind of like is called Shardimus Prime. Um, it's on YouTube. Um, I have no affiliation. I just he just happens to be the guy that came up first, so I clicked on him, and, he, and it worked out well. But he goes through the bo- goes through the box, talks about the details, talks about the sizes. He sh- compares relative sizes, so you know how how they compared with other other things. Um, and he also goes through all the articulation and how much it goes, so you know exactly what does what. Because uh, I find it with action figures, I demand way more articulation than with with, with Lego. And right. some characters like Spider-Man, even within he's way more flexible than the average human um and he's way more flexible like way way more flexible than the average even action really posable action figure so so even it's even when you have an action figure that's amazingly um, articulate and you can put him in almost any shape you're still it's hard to get him into those classic spider-man poses just because those classic spider-man poses are really bent right they're they're superhuman yeah, they're, they're, they're super, but, he, but him especially like he's really weird yeah but like you know how uh uh the uh superhero landing where they land on uh on yep. one knee and have the fist down and like the deadpool jokes but all the time i can't get i have yet to find an action figure where i can make that happen I, it just doesn't work any action figure I ever try i cannot get him in a super in a uh, superhero landing pose and it's very very frustrating i'm sure what some somewhere out there it exists but i haven't found one yet so i, I find even though action figures have a lot more articulation, I find the frustration level uh, that I had with Lego of can't get into the right pose hasn't really gone all the way away because my expectations of what the correct pose is has become much more specific. So I, I'm demanding more of my action figure poses. So right. I'm more picky about the fact that it doesn't bend quite the way I want to. Where in a Lego world, if I got close, then that was good enough. But in the action figure world, close isn't good enough. Right. It's it's kind of like you said about the Uncanny Valley, right? It's just, it's you can tell that it's not right. Even even if you're really, really close, you can tell that it's not right, and it just makes it look more wrong than if it were wrong in an exaggerated way like Lego is. Yeah. You know, I feel like Lego, you can, you can try to do a three-point landing, and obviously you'd have to, you know, disconnect legs and, and arms and sticky-tack things together and all that. But there's something charming about that when you see somebody pull that off in an in a interesting way. Whereas with an action figure, I feel like you can kind of see like, uh, you didn't quite nail it or it's not quite right. Exactly. You know, and and I find that true with uh, with backgrounds and, and stuff like that, too. Just working on that bigger scale and having to come up with, you know, if I'm doing some kind of, let's say, I, I just posted a shot of Enfys Nest, uh, three and three quarter inch scale, riding her swoop bike. And I had a bunch of dirt flying around. Well, I... If I were doing that on Lego, it would be easier because I could get closer up and, and not worry too much about the background. But because I was shooting on that bigger scale, I had to I had to really rethink how I was setting up the scene and the background details and the focus and all of that stuff. Um, just because I, I wanted it to look more realistic. Whereas with with Lego, I probably could have gotten away with less realistic, I, I, I guess. Yeah, with Lego, it's easier to get the shallow depth of field and blur out a background if the background's close. Um, it's Mm -hmm. because with action figures, it's harder to get that depth of field, um, and have the background blur out satisfactorily. So you really have to have a good background, um, or do what I do. And sometimes just don't have backgrounds. So that's another factor. On the other hand, it's easier to get the the force perspective scale, right? With an action figure and a background, if you do it right. 
Um, it's much yeah. So I mean, there's it's it's there are a whole lot of pros, there are a whole lot of cons to each. But I think the important thing is that pick up a toy, shoot it, and whatever you pick up, learn it well. And then if it doesn't really itch after you learn it well, pick up something else. There's no there's no real harm in switching. Just whatever you take, whatever you pick up, whatever's available to you. I mean, they say the the best camera is the camera you have on you. The best toy is the toy you have on you as well. True. Yeah. Lean into those limitations and find ways around them, creative ways around them, because that'll really make your work stand out. Yeah, exactly. Um, one of the uh, unusual aspects of creativity that a lot, not a people, not a lot of people think about at first is that having a limitation on your work often invites more creativity. Uh, right. And so one of the advantages of Lego is that it has obvious limitations, uh, which helps enable the creativity more. Um, so even though it is, um, it is harder to shoot with a lot of times, um, it does lead to more creativity, uh, which is a, a very nice thing. I find with action figures, I tend to emulate movie scenes more, or that's what's in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and I go, I saw that on screen. I can make it my own and I'll do that with, with Lego. I tend to be more, I have this character that has these qualities. Let's put him in a different thing. So my creativity, I think actually is stronger, uh, with the Lego stuff mm. than with the action figure stuff. Not, I mean, not that you can't be creative. Um, uh, zigzag zoom is a perfect example. Um, he right. shoots almost exclusively, um, action figures of some kind and he's amazingly creative at and and really really good at mixing worlds and mixing genres and making those things Mm -hmm. happen um so it's not that you can't be creative i think it's just that it's it's not at least for me and i suspect for you um that it's just not as doesn't come as as smoothly right and maybe that's only because we've only really been shooting action figures for like a year that's a a little less than a year now that's, that's quite possibly a lot of it yeah yeah, it's like I feel like I kind of have a handle on my Lego stuff, and if I, you know, it's easy for me to kind of put something together because I have that that knowledge of it and that that history with it. Whereas I'm still kind of learning action figures, and and I haven't branched out as far as I would like to, or, or bought the the kinds of stuff that I really think could enhance what I'm doing. You know, so maybe with time, we'll, you know, maybe uh, in a couple of years we'll come back and talk about this again. And, Should and, come back uh, in a couple of years compare. and talk about this again. I think that'd be fascinating. The uh, the growth of these things. Um, mm-hmm. growth as a photographer and hitting points along the way of uh, uh, we all have our individual journeys as artists and capturing the moments in time now and uh, throughout time I think would be a fascinating uh, discussion point so we should revisit this in a couple of years yeah yeah we should and I would love to hear um, thoughts from our listeners as well you know all the amazing photographers that listen to this show and shoot either Lego action figures or, or something totally different I'd love to hear what you guys think of the limitations, the pros and cons, how you get around some of those creative hurdles that we discussed here. But I, I think this was a really fun conversation and something that uh, I, I'm excited to go take photos of toys now just because we've been talking about it so much. Yeah, I know the rest of my afternoon is going to be in my studio shooting toys. So yep, yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> putting together that the rest of that pirate ship I was building. Yeah. So. <laughs> But, uh, but Dave, thank you for coming on the show. This is this was a really good conversation. Hey, you're more than welcome. It's always good to talk toys. And uh, where can people find your work online? Uh, you can find me. Uh, my website is studiodave.ca. Um, and uh, Instagram is the real Studio Dave. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dave. I'll look forward to seeing what you shoot next. Great. Thank you. See you online. 
Thank you so much for listening. You can find new episodes of this podcast and daily articles on creativity and toy photography on our website, toyphotographers.com. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also ask that you please leave us a five-star review. That'll help spread the word about the show and help us get noticed. You can find us on Facebook at Toy Photographers and on Instagram at underscore Toy Photographers underscore. Music for this week's episode is courtesy of freemusicarchive.org. And finally, you can reach out to us with comments, concerns, recommendations, etc. at toyphotographypod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you guys next week.